What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain you may know him as Ari Gold, but guess what? He's not Ari Gold. He's Jeremy Piven, and you're about to meet the real man behind that character and so many other characters we love. It was a real pleasure sitting down with him. And at the end, we bring back in Jamie Foxx and talk about their latest ventures, the new movie they're working on together, and the new company they're working on together. Enjoy. It's, it's incredible that in this day and age when technology is moving at the speed of light and we have access to all these things that... It's almost like people want to go back to a simpler time because this is radio. Yeah. You know, for the most part. On and demand radio. That's yeah. It. I mean, if you, if you would have told me five years ago that this world would be blowing up, I, I wouldn't have believed it. So it's great. I love it. There needs to be that kind of counterbalance though, right? Like everything gets so crazy and then the simpler shit, like sitting around the campfire with your friends, yeah. like chilling. Because people just want to communicate. Right. And that's, that's where the magic is. I remember I was at Burning Man for the first time and that's just fucking lights and fire and drugs and naked women and chaos. But like the best times are just chilling in the RV with your homies. Yeah. You know, like cracking a beer, having laughs. And it right. just showed you like, here is everything. But the best shit was just the simplest shit. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when people are hiding behind texts and emails and blah, 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 they crave this. And I think that's probably also created the need yeah. for just hanging or, or witnessing people hanging as well. Yeah. Obviously. It makes you feel like they're your friend too. So it's like all of a sudden, you know, I'll meet people and be like, oh man, they're, they're my friend. I'm right. just not their friend. You know what it's, I mean? It's like this, it's a cool thing though. Yeah. Cause they get well, the benefit from hanging out with people who are doing things that they wouldn't have access to in their small town or other different places. Believe me, I know that moment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know that moment very well, but you get it in, you probably get it in another way way too which is people think they know you because they know your character exactly you. and that that must get even weirder it it does get weird i mean um because you also have to remember also that <clears throat> a variable is that i was in people's living rooms for eight years and then a movie yeah with the entourage and people love that fuck <clears throat> i love that fuck show like, it was it was a fun ride and you're absolutely right you know when you when one plays a character possibly authentically, you know, they then associate you with that character. Yeah. And that's what's so fun as an actor transitioning out of that. I did just finish four years on Mr. Selfridge, which is a, a talk about going back in time, a period drama takes place at the turn of the century. And now I'm about to star um, in my own show called Wisdom of the Crowd, which will come out in September. Um, and we got the time slot right after 60 minutes on Sunday nights, nice. those football 60 minutes and then us. <clears throat> and it's, um, it's a, it's, it's an incredible show. And I, I remember reading it and thinking, I, my plan was never to do network TV. I just, this wasn't something that I was on my radar. 
and I read this pilot and I would play, uh, I am playing, we did the pilot and they picked it up, uh, a guy named Jeffrey Tanner who um, is a kind of a tech billionaire that whose daughter is murdered and he gives everything up to figure out who killed his daughter and so he devises this real-time crowdsource crime-solving site so that everyone he can get through the wisdom of the crowd figure sure. out who actually because he believes they got the wrong guy in prison mm -hmm. so um the fact that he thinks that he can fill this hole that you know because he's his heartbroken over his daughter and the reality is you can't and you have to no. grieve and deal with all that but that will that's kind of like that's the premise of the show so and this is a completely different character than Ari Gold and and so like as you were mentioning earlier people get you confused with their characters and that's what's great about being an actor is you get yep. to continuously switch it up and this guy is is a human being he's emotionally accessible and heartbroken yeah. and and um so that you know, it'll, it'll, um, already I can tell just the, you know, we had to go and meet all the buyers, um, and just seeing how people react to me after this character is different. Yeah. You know, people aren't screaming at me and smacking me on the back and, you know, so it's not, it's yeah. the Ari Gold thing is, was an incredible ride and I loved it. Um, but it was a performance. Sure. And so when people meet me, they, they want to know, am I stoned? What's wrong with me? Why am I so calm? Yeah, they want that, right? They, they probably want, want to be sure. out of my mind and sure. screaming. And, <clears throat> and it happens on a smaller scale. I mean, it's, for you, it's, it's magnified, right? But I remember back, you know, there was a phase where I was partying a lot. And I would go out and there was like a party persona. It was me amped up, you know, drinking, you know, probably on some kind of drugs at that point right. and i was like putting out just massive amounts of energy at that at that given point and yeah. the people who weren't my closest friends they would know me as that guy so then they would see me out and i was just chilling just relaxing just having a beer they're like hey what's wrong what's wrong with you well like nothing's I, fucking wrong with me i have you just to don't say, know me it's an e easy leap of faith though because yeah. you were willingly letting people know that yeah. you not a fictional character we're into partying. Yeah. So I kind of, no disrespect, but I kind of understand sure. why they would be confused. <laughs> no, okay? I hear you. I hear you. I'm playing a fictional character <laughs> and people it's, are screaming it's Ari at me. twisted. Yeah. And my name is Jeremy Piven and I'm a stage actor from Chicago. So it's kind of like, that's when you start to get the bends, like, wait, well, what's happening here? Right. But not that you asked, but I'll tell you how I played that character. Because um, there are some people that will think it's fairly interesting and other people think it's completely pretentious that I would even talk about this. Because I, I tried to explain it to some journalists and I think it can get lost in the shuffle. The way I played that character is very simple. My, my, my teacher was a guy named Tim Robbins, who's an actor in sure. you know, Shawshank Redemption. So he, he was, I mean, my mentor, and he taught me a, a form called Commedia dell'arte, which is the first. I did a Commedia play. It, it's actually. the best, right? Yeah, the Venetian Twins. Yeah. That's the one that I did. And you do a hot, everything yeah. is emotionally invested. Happiness, yeah, the improv, and, and then obviously this was completely, you take that form and you put it into the scripted stuff, mm -hmm. but you're in one of four emotional states, happiness, sang sadness, anger, or fear at all times, and you do it to a 10, to the, to the mm -hmm. you, you make your entrance as if you've just won the lottery, as if someone has just been murdered, mm -hmm. like that's how you enter the space, so, you know, it's true high stakes drama. And you chew up the scenery, but the the key to it is you have to make it all real and believable. Yeah. So that was my that was That's my background, dope. and so I just played Ari Gold like that every scene, you know, because he, you can chew the scenery, but you have to make it truthful and believable. So yeah. it was a blast, and it was a lot of fun. And so when people meet me, they think that who I am is a character, 
and who that was it was the real me well it's a sign and that's that you a did bit, your job well thank you i appreciate that yeah for sure it still doesn't make me feel any better when someone's calling me a douchebag and smacked me on the back of the head <laughs> while i'm sure, trying to use sure. the urinal that's that comedian dollar threw me i was in a, only a couple plays i just did it in college but we it's they fun had this, though right yeah this director in from italy and and that was basically it it was take your character to the extreme i played bargello who was like the captain of the guards only had like a El couple of yeah which is and a, uh and you know they have traditionally have like masks with some of these characters to really like get the archetype, but then they pull those out and some of them. And then it was, it was cool, cool to be able to get that exaggerated, like take something real and just make it fucking big. And I see how Ari is that thing like that. All right, here's this kernel. And then let's just put all of the lights and all the Watts and the voltage in that and make it massive. I remember one time I was, I was furious and I'm on the phone and I'm losing my mind and there's, you know, it, it was exhausting. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, playing the victim. It's just, <clears throat> I remember attempting to, to train after a day of, of working and my hands just started tingling. I couldn't feel my hands because your body, imagine like <clears throat> you're, you're having a complete emotional breakdown <laughs> for 12, 14 hours a day. Cause it's already like, <laughs> you know, the, the adrenaline dump, yeah. you know, and everything yeah. you're already kind of short circuiting. And then you try to train after that. I was like, Oh, I'm done. So I'm actually in much better shape now than I was I then because I can actually train. Whereas then it was just a disaster. You mentioned you train with Rashad Evans. Do you still play around and do any uh, mixed martial arts? Or you just, know, it's funny. I, it? I, I'm like Brian Callen. I'm totally <laughs> delusional. I'm at 1000% delusional. And I am in awe of what these guys do because, you know, it's so easy to sit back and yell at the TV and watch these guys in a cage. And the reality is they have to be so well-versed in every one of those forms. Yep. I mean, it's it's just insane. And, and the sport is passing everyone by at the speed of light. So... You know, when I even do peek my head in and train with these guys, you know, I do my own thing all the time and then I'll go and have fun with these guys and the level that they work on is just absolutely insane. Um, and so I, I have a lot of respect for them and the level they have to, the, the level they have to push themselves and the sacrifices they have to make. Um, are really incredible and intense. So yeah, it's one of those sports that we all can't stop watching and, yeah. and just, you know, training a bit with them and having the insight into what it feels like, you know, you respect them even more. And you're a keen observer of human emotion, obviously to be a master at your craft as you are. Do you see certain things in the mindsets of fighters where you say, uh Oh, watch out for that. Or, Oh, that guy, you know, it looks like he's, you know, he's in the, in the right flow. Well, I mean, I I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know when you look at you know, for instance, Conor McGregor, when he's doing his billionaire walk, I mean, everything he does is for a reason. He's so completely loose mm -hmm. and he snaps his punches. It, you know, if you're tight, you can, be, you can, you know, be sparring and have the greatest speed in the world and doing your thing with your boys. And then when they're in that cage and you're tight, you're going to be the worst version of yourself. Yeah. And McGregor's so loose that he'll, He'll, he may take that hit to counter you and knock you out in 13 seconds because he's that loose. But you even, I even, I'm such a geek about this stuff. I remember hearing his coaches say that he was like that from the jump. So I don't think that that was just a gift and he didn't work for it. I think that he somehow, he, a combination of intrinsically knew that and also worked towards that and observed his body and realized, God, I just want to be the best version of myself. And if I'm totally present and loose, I'll be the best version of myself. Now you have to do 10,000 hours and, and grind and crush it along with that. 
Yeah. You can't just be present in the best version of yourself without all the training. So obviously he's, you know, there, there are guys like that in the UFC and other guys are as well trained, but they just maybe who wouldn't any human being would be scared out of their mind to face another guy in a cage you know it's just natural you while everybody's watching in the world like I mean, it's bad enough to do it alone in a dark alley where no one knows and you can say you crashed your bike you know? yeah <laughs> but like when you know someone had you know your life in their hands i mean it's 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 the maxim i think that's why we watch it it's this my this really microscope on the human emotion as well as the physical chess match that's going on uh, yeah it's incredible and you hear these guys like frank Mir and and brendan and whatnot talk about you know the fact that that Brendan is not, he's not a mean spirited guy. He doesn't want to hurt someone else. And yet he was in the hurt business, you know, which is fascinating. And Frank Mir got, you know, he, he hated that walk to the cage. Everyone's looking at him and it just was uncomfortable. And yet they're both, you know, masters at their craft. So it's, the mindset is very fascinating. Yeah. There's a lot of variables. I mean, Connor is one of those guys. He's really weaponized belief, you know, like, and that allows him to stay present. And he he's almost beats people with belief from the start, which has been an interesting phenomenon watching him go. And the, the great champions, you know, got to know Cody, no love and a lot of different champions. And that belief is the motherfucker. And that's, I'm sure something that you have to have as well. When you're going in to do improv across from Jamie Foxx, you have to believe in yourself to be able to improvise. If you doubt yourself that moment of doubt, that'll stop those words from coming out of your mouth, right? Well, yeah, and we all have that moment of doubt. And, and what you're referring to is some clarity of intent. And mm -hmm. and um, we all have those moments of, of doubt and whatnot. And then you just kind of recognize them and they'll pass and then you continue on. But yeah, to have this opportunity to, to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jamie Foxx is something I've, I've wanted my whole life, you know? It would be like a like a pro athlete, like wanting to post up against Michael Jordan. I mean, Jamie's that good. And I'm not just saying that I remember when I went to the, the, they were presenting him with the star on the walk of fame and the dude who had been doing it for 50 years, like literally ran out of icons because he had, was in every arena, you yeah. know what I mean? Is one of these guys, he's won Grammys and Oscars and golden globes and everything else you could possibly do and does stand up. Um, and I would always see Jamie around town and we would always, there was this, ease that we had with each other and almost felt like kindred spirits and he'd always talked about working together and i thought you know as much as i wanted to believe it i thought it was just kind of like that hollywood speak and it wasn't and he came through for me you know and and uh, i'll never forget it and it was the time of my life man it was this all-star weekend movie i i can't wait to see it because if we're gonna fail we're gonna fail big because my god did we did we go deep or you know i told people i, I can't imagine it being, i mean it was it was already i can't fucking wait to see it like yeah it's it, you it's, know and jamie's you know to his credit like you know he's been insanely busy on all these other projects but he wants yeah. to get it right so he's he's waiting to finish this up and then and then it's one of these things where movie making now is the wild wild west where it's like we found the money through private sources just went and made our own movie you know there's no guarantee De decentralized yeah, yeah I mean, it's beautiful there's going to be more art and more interesting I hope shit so. coming out right i really hope so because Otherwise, less, less safe choices, you know, more risks being taken. Yeah. I mean, right now it feels like the machine is, is operating more from fear than ever. Really? It, it looks like it. It looks like it. You see these big movies and you go, oh, okay. Um, well, that on paper, you know, they thought that they could, that this was a layup. But the reality is 
execution is a huge variable and I don't see much execution on that. So mm-hmm. that's why you think, see things going south because the audience has gotten really savvy. Yeah. They can look at that and go, well, this is supposed to be a comedy, but I, I don't find that trailer funny. I don't know if those guys are the ones to lead this charge and then they're not going to go. So we're living in a time where, where the, uh, you know, social media, mm-hmm. stuff like this is very powerful. I think it's also a time of authenticity. People crave the real shit. You know, I was talking with Jamie about, you know, when you get it right, when you pull truth from somewhere and you portray that and it feels real. I think you've seen that in some of the the difference between like the good Marvel movies and the ones that are just shit. Like I watched an old X-Men, not that old, it was like X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. And after watching Logan, I was like, all right, Logan was the, some, there was some shit there. Like there was some real shit that like touched places that felt authentic. And then I watch X-Men Apocalypse and I'm like, come on guys that was only two years ago and it was just this whole different paradigm and no offense to anybody involved in any of those projects but there's something else that people are craving and it's this this realness yeah they either connect with it or they don't and it's and it's it's instantaneous and and that's what's happening and so that's but but i love that personally because i want to earn it you know i don't want it to be given anything like this last round for me you know um I did a pilot and, you know, CBS makes 20 pilots and they pick up six. So I got a 30% chance. You know, my boy Brian did a pilot and, uh, you know, it didn't get picked up and he's the hardest working man in show business. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to pull him into my show, you know, cause he's so yeah. funny. You never he's know so what funny. the variable is going to be, but you know, here we are. And I wanted to, you know, go through those rites of passage. You're never too old to keep proving yourself. I still go on auditions and I have guys looking at me like we're waiting to audition and they're like, they're, oh fuck. They're like, bro, <laughs> what, what are you doing here? Seriously, yeah. what are you doing here? I'm like, I got to audition. Like, and they just go, this is what I have to look forward to? Being an old fuck like this dude still <laughs> fucking auditioning? Do you miss the theater at all? I mean, because that, I, I that t- feedback from the crowd and the whole getting up, it felt like game day. You know, when even, yeah, we had 200, 300 people, whatever, going to see our plays, but it felt exactly like people, when I had. more than I had. When we had like a couple thousand watching basketball games, it felt like the same shit. Like you're getting up, even though it's not a physical performance, it's something else. Completely. Um, I, I do miss it. I, I, you know, I'm starting Wisdom of the Crowd, which starts airing in September. And if they pick us up, that's like a nine or a 10 month grind. And then I got to figure out when I fit a play in because I do miss it. I do mm-hmm. miss that, that feeling of like sharing the same space, breathing the same air, living or dying and like, you know, failing in a moment, losing them, but being able to get it back. Yeah, there is, you know, that is, you know, it satisfies that need for competition. That's definitely there. And so I miss it. It's real. In that Commedia play where I was Bargello, I had a, my sword fell off at some point. I had like a wardrobe thing. And to yeah. this day, I beat myself up about my reaction to it because I never mentally rehearsed that thing. And it, at that instant, you know, doubt in my mind where, you know, I wasn't obviously, this wasn't my thing. I wasn't trained, but I still like, I'll still look at it and I'll shudder like, <laughs> Oh, I could have handled that so much better. It's crazy that, that's... but it had you, but the reality is had you stuck with it, it'd been like anything else that would have made you right, stronger. That would have made me better. And then the next time something happened, you would have, you would have handled sure. it even better. And that's those things not to get too kumbaya on you, but those moments are, are gifts to make you better at it. I mean, I've had everything go wrong that could possibly go wrong. I had a buddy of mine who was working on our sets and he forgot to sand the back of my chair. And there was, I was playing a character named Methuselah, mm-hmm. um, who was the old 900 year old man. I was in a fat suit and just prosthetic everything. <laughs> and they didn't shave the back of it. And I looked at this guy and went, and the thing went through my head 
and up through here and the blood it was because your head bleeds a lot as you know yeah. it just was too much in the front row and i uh, unstuck my head oh, and Jesus. kind of continued on david schwimmer was the stage manager this is how long ago it was in chicago and he put you know ba- bandaged up my whole head you know just just stopped the bleeding i ran back on stage and was like that's the last time i tried gardening <laughs> that's the way the character talked and you know just continued on and, and it was all good but it was like you know, it can get really, really dangerous and you learn how to like navigate through moments and improvise and it's, it makes you who you are. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, uh, the parallels between, you know, there's so many different ways up the mountains, you know, like Musashi said, know the way broadly and you'll see it in all things like actors, athletes, entrepreneurs, there's all of these moments, speakers, all of these moments where you have to just anchor yourself to the present moment and just be your best self outside of your mind and bring that essence of who you are forward. And for everybody out there, like finding whatever that is, whatever that moment, shit, it could be your bowling league, you know, where you got to throw that strike, you know, and you got just, there's just seven people who care, the four people on the other side, the three people on your team. But to put yourself in those moments, that's the temperance for the spirit. Yeah, you know, and I can I cannot more highly recommend just putting yourself against that pressure. Yeah, and 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 you know there are a lot of cliches on how to do that. You know, dance like no one's watching, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But cliches are because it would they were true and they've been repeated. And if you can not care what people think, and if you can dare to look ridiculous, if you don't, if you're so concerned about if you're a guy came up to me one time i didn't know him and he goes hey bro i just want to tell you he goes i think you're really vain i was like oh thank you so much bro he goes but when you act you're not vain when i see you acting and i was like it was like talk about a backhanded compliment it was like i was like thank you okay thank you brother um but i i do think that that's you know with acting it's one of those things where if you're not going to dare to look ridiculous then you're not going to break through yeah. And it's the same, you know, the same thing with life. And like you were just saying, whatever, whatever that is, like, if you can experiment with just kind of getting out of your own head, I do, I do think there is, I don't want to talk about meditation too much because you shouldn't do that. But I do think we all have so much energy. And if you don't take 15, 20 minutes in the morning just to kind to of still. breathe yeah, and go inward, like the difference between doing it and not doing it is is pretty great i highly suggest it to everyone no doubt yeah it's a, that's a drum that i'm beating she's telling constantly. you that we need to do something yeah, we need to wrap it up probably um well shit man it's been good to wrap that's it awesome but we'll have to do it again yeah for sure it's been yeah. a pleasure we'll all get together brendan brian we'll have some fun let's do it we'll, we'll never get a word in but we'll do it <laughs> but we'll laugh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's the beauty of that yeah um anything else before we go that you want to point people to or, or anything else besides the sunglasses um get those on amazon watch a new show on cbs oh, you're good and what else? You're good. Um, I'm a complete caveman at this uh, <laughs> social media thing, but I'm on Instagram under oh, my name and, and and uh, and Twitter and stuff like that. And it's Jeremy Piven, you fucks. Yeah. It's not Ari Gold. <laughs> Don't be fucking Googling Ari Gold on Instagram. Yeah. And, um, and I've got a, a, an eight-month-old French bulldog named Bubba that people now uh, approach me. They think I'm a human being now because I'm capable of taking care of another li- <laughs> living creature. So my cool. life is... Things are getting better. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, good to hang Thank with you. Thank you guys for having everybody. me. Let's, Let's, talk. Let's talk All-Star Weekend first. I feel like we're in a helicopter what, right what now. Is, what's going on All-Star Black Weekend? Just, just over the ridge. Yeah. Charlie, we've got... No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> You always know, good Texas boys right here. We all Texas, man. <laughs>
That's know? right. And that's they right. They slay the women. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. We can. Sorry. We can. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> women go crazy. <laughs> Texas boys, right there, baby. Yeah, they do a real nice job. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so, an All Star so, Weekend so, moment. So All Star Weekend, <clears throat> I've had this idea for a long time. A friend of mine, Speedy, brought it to me. My good friend, we started with. It's about two guys. At first, it was one guy loves. Uh, Kobe Bryant, the other one loves Michael Jordan. It was years ago, mm-hmm. but as the lay, you know, the the, the 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 terrain has changed. It's now Steph Curry and LeBron James. So it's about two guys. One loves Steph Curry, the mm-hmm. other one loves LeBron James, and all they're trying to do is get to the All Star Weekend. <laughs> and it was interesting this process. And I have to thank Davo, who's quietly my producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told everybody in Hollywood to fuck off because this guy right here is better than all of them. And we just had this conversation about about how tough it is for white male actors in Hollywood because there's so many of you. It's white problems. You didn't know we had them, <laughs> but we got them. No, but I, I was being serious. I said, it's so many, and it could get cluttered. And everybody was coming to me with all these choices. And I said, listen, the one thing I do know is this guy right here, in between the words action and cut, is top three, two, one at any given time at his craft. And he hovers at that at every performance. And you could talk to any Robert Downey Jr., who spoke very highly of you on the set. Those people, and you know Robert, those people do not issue out compliments at all. But when they see him coming, they know it's going to be a, a, a battle. You know what's fascinating about what Jamie's saying? First of all, the actors love nothing more than being celebrated. So I'm going to be rewinding everything Jamie has said on an endless loop as I go to sleep. And then Jamie said this. Oh, oh. Um, um, but here's the deal. If it wasn't for Jon Favreau, yeah. Downey wouldn't have been in Iron Man. I just met with the Marvel guys, and they all confirmed right. that, and, and they got had his back as well. And it takes someone like Favreau to have his back, and it took someone like Jamie to have my back, because the reality is it would have been very easy for anyone else to go, yeah, we got these names, and they're all sure. safe, and let's go with any number of these guys. Yeah. And this is Jamie's project that he cares the most about, yeah. so he knew he had to get it right. Yeah. But it also took a leap of faith, because the reality is with this project, it's something I've dreamt about my whole life, because Jamie's one of these crazy triple threat beyond a triple threat I don't even know what you know all the threats every any threat that you could ever pose that's what he is. <laughs> yeah. he's like the mixed martial arts of, of artists <laughs> yeah. literally true true and um, because at any moment during this movie you had to improvise at the speed of light and keep up with Jamie but then also keep the drama there so you know there are guys that can do any one of these things but no one could do all of them like Jamie so to be able to go to work with this guy was just it, every day you never it was you never knew what was going to happen did you get butterflies or were you just you know it was more it was more i was just excited because it was just you were just thrown into the belly of the beast every day i knew sure. i was in good hands um and 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 Jamie's the kind of guy where like, you know, this is the first time that he's directed. So, but he had already shot the entire movie on his iPhone. Yeah. So like the DPs were trying to catch up to him. Yeah. I was you know, and he'd be like, "Look, I man, I shot to, this better I was on my a, iPhone." I was <laughs> about to beat a motherfucker's ass. <laughs> I'm serious. But I'll say this though, he's playing himself down a little bit. He has all of the gears, the same exact. DNA as I do. He's musical. He ad-libs. But he also gives you... 
He gives you point of view. He gives you, when you watch your favorite actor, it's the point of view. Like, how does Jeremy Piven order his food? It's going to be different from anybody else, even if it's down to what, what kind of car he drives. So when he's on the set, I'm saying, listen, we need to mine him because if his character doesn't work, the movie doesn't work because he holds a relationship in, in, in the movie. He, with, with Jessica Jor, who's, you know, this is her first movie with, with big actors. I mean, and he, she killed it. She killed it, but 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 when when he knew that she needed something, he didn't mow her over. He brought her into it. He made it a relationship. He did this move where he's trying to talk her back into staying in a relationship with him, and he picks her up and puts her on the bed, and he says these things, and immediately. That's what people don't have. He a fly motherfucker. See, like, it's, it's different. When you watch movies, you see guys that, oh, he's pleasant and he's nice. But yeah. it's not a lot of fly motherfuckers. Him, Leo, who's a fly. You actually think that dude has that in his arsenal when it comes to women. So that gives me all of the shit that we need when we're editing he just he just turned it on for every girl who may not like fucking basketball, but like the way he's treating his woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So within this and the editing process of it has been amazing. Watching him and Dave O is is the the key to making this happen. Uh, when we got him, I didn't care whoever whoever else came because once we got him, everybody else was like, "Oh, you got pivot." And yet, he got Robert Downey Jr., he got Benicio Del Toro, he got Jerry Butler, he got all these people to come and do, those guys don't do cameos, they don't, and Jerry played the villain, you know, and, and he's doing leads, so he got all these guys to step up, and then one day, he and I are playing a two-on-two basketball game, we have to do it to get our oh, tickets to live the dream, and now we're posting up against the game and who's 6'5", 240 for real. That's not like a fake thing. That's like, you know, uh -huh. in his bare feet, yeah. you know, with about 8% body fat. And he didn't know it was acting. Like he was, this dude with, Jamie comes over and he goes, oh man, it's cool, don't, you're not afraid of black guys. And I, and I like, I know I'm not, but this motherfucker doesn't know we're acting. And he's like, I mean like, I have some moves, I have to like fake him left and go right, and then he's gotta hit me, and I gotta go down, and then we realize, oh my God, it's full contact, because we didn't know the rules. Oh, it's all good, it's all good. I know, but at one point, I had him do it, I think a couple of times too many. No. And, and then at one point I said, "Where's Jeremy?" And and the, and the, the, the you know stage, what? He's he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It was unbelievable. But it's like it's like you have to understand. Looking in the game's eyes, yeah. Either he's the best actor who's ever lived, or or he wanted well, some real to shit in kill that. me. <laughs> like he was bringing up some personal stuff, and I had to like talk to him in between. And Jamie is. I think that most actors are frustrated athletes and I think yeah, I could speak for yeah, both of us yeah, yeah. that like if we had a choice Jamie you know might you would even pick maybe one Super Bowl ring over oh, oh, you know what Super I mean Super Bowl ring over any of this shit and so Man, at what, Cowboy, at what, how about for you Conor McGregor you know what He's, he can throw yeah. uh, not, not like this guy uh, not at all but um the thing about Jamie is, which is interesting, is he was showing me a move. He's like, look, take the game and push him out of the way. And he stood in front of me. And, I, and it, was, it was the exact, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because he's sitting here. It was the exact strength as, as Rashad Evans, who fights at 205. And that's probably about what you were when you were filming or whatever it was. I was like, 
wait a minute, he's not moving. He's like right. solid. And he was he was going up against Floyd. I know you guys were uh, Floyd, it was real. And Floyd Mayweather. So 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 basically our guys, we have to win tickets to get to the All Star game and we end up going to this bully basketball game. It's a cage. <laughs> and we don't know what it is. We just think we're just there to hoop, yeah, and we're two guys who ball. we're known in uh, in the city for blowing the big game at Butler University. So we go in, and my daughter, who escorts us down, who says, "You're going to play those guys." Well, who are those guys? In the camera shows, it's Floyd Mayweather in the game. So we start this game, and it's basically uh, uh, mixed martial arts and basketball. So we end up winning. The, we end up winning the tickets like that, but we play Floyd and telling Floyd. I said, Floyd, you got to hit me. I, I, I got you. I, I do this all the time. I, I, know. I said, that's the problem. I don't want you to. I don't want you to. Uh, Just get confused for a split second. I'm professional. I know how to do it. I'm going to pull the punch. When that motherfucker hit me, I was like, hey, man, you can feel the dynamite in this. So when you see that on camera, it's real. We end up winning the tickets. And then, just to give you the layout, we win the tickets, but we work at this towing company called Reap What You Tow. So as we're talking these things, we're like, what are we going to do? We're just going to stay here in Indiana and not go to the fucking, we don't have, any, he's like, we don't have any money. We, we can't get there. We, I said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to drive. What are you going to do? We're going to drive. He said, even if we get there, where are we going to stay? Oh, we got a place to stay. And when you're paying back, you know those half a houses that they tow? We're actually towing half a house. So I said, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to tow this fucking half a house yeah. to L.A., park this bitch, stay in it, go to the game. Wait, Jamie, before off. you tell him the whole movie, yeah. let me just tell yeah. you what, what Jamie would literally do. He took me into his office, and he's doing what, he just, what he's doing right now, yeah. and he takes out this music, and he starts scoring yeah. himself, pitching the movie, and everyone's just sitting there like, and this is what he did with every yeah. department. It's crazy. You're just sitting there going, I see the whole thing. Yeah. But there were times when it was like, it was on the page, but... Not fully because it's in his yeah, head, yeah. and I'm thinking, I love him, and I literally think he can do anything, and yet I'm like, I don't know if we can do that. Yeah. I don't know if we can do that on that schedule with that money. 18 days. Sure enough, 18 days, <laughs> 18 days. to do a huge, huge comedy. That's and awesome. sure enough, we're on set with Robert Downey, and it's all, everything he said is happening, and I'm like, I, I don't get it. It's crazy. Did you and, pick up some tips from Quentin? Was he one of the people? Uh, who, listen, yeah. man, I've sat over the shoulder of some of the greatest directors in the world, as he has, and and I've, I'm used to tyrants. I'm used to guys who really get everything out of you, you know, and everything out of the crew. And what I mean, I don't mean tyrant like in the in the sense of of of, of meanness, but just he knows what. So I took that same mentality because I knew we had a short amount of time. But man, I don't have to worry about it. if I got the camera, I just lock it off. That's the great thing about having Jeremy Piven. I lock the camera off. Some of the cameramen, I said, I say nicely, I said, if you move this fucking camera, I'll break your fucking neck. <laughs> just let it play. And I, he gives you everything that you yeah. see. But Jamie is, 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 is pretending to come off like he was a tyrant on set. And the reality is, I have to say this, like, uh, he wasn't. He somehow managed to not be reactive yeah. when when uh, anyone else probably would have been. Well, the strongest person is the most gentle, right? I mean, yeah. Brandon Schaub, and that's you know, like even a dragon. I went to my tattoo artist. He's like, I never, I never tattoo a dragon with his mouth open. It's a fucking oh, dragon. Who's wow. it snarling at? Right. Who's that right, fucking right, dragon right, snarling right, at? Right. What's making the dragon go roar? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, you know, but there was gentle. one moment when I saw the dragon. <laughs> I but don't it's know. still a fucking dragon. Let's that? not get it twisted. Who was that? DJ Somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, He and we spoke about it. Yeah. We spoke about it, and, and, and what it was the difference was, I was explaining, because DJ Khaled is in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the movie, and he's so busy doing his thing, you know, yeah. but we only had a few hours of daylight right. to shoot this thing, so he was a little, you know, he was, he was busy bi building his empire, and so right. 
but he understood he, they, once he he's got He's from there. a different arena. Yeah. And Jamie's worked in every arena, but in this particular arena, we yeah. got to grind for yeah, we got many hours. Like, man, so sure. when he got there, we had a great, great understanding. And Jamie made him under, I was like, when, 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 when Jamie flips, I mean, you got to, you got to put him up against the wall and yeah. choke him yeah. for him to flip. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. when he flips, but, right. it's yeah. ugly. It's like a fighter. Yeah. They all have yeah. that switch yeah. where at a but, certain but point, it was, but it was just a, stand back. But what shit. was great about it, DJ Khaled showed up, man, and gave oh, us he everything. Yeah. He killed. So it, it's really dope. Yeah. And now, you know, not, to, just to finish up, he does more than one character in it. The, the, the movie, once we get, like I said, once it gets going and everything that happens, his performance, man, anchors the film the thing between you and the girl the thing when you play the other characters and we all play different characters it's just dope so all-star weekend in post-production right I, I will say this can i talk a little yeah. bit about one of the characters you play or no or just not even no even just, just 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 say this there's going to be a hashtag who in the fuck is jimmy tuckett <laughs> okay i look so forward to that we can leave it at that because what jamie does is he goes into an area which is really dangerous to do yeah. and if he doesn't pull it off we're done. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. He plays a white racist cop, and it's like, you either pull this off. He's the most racist white cop I've ever seen. Yeah. And he stayed in character the whole time, and people are visiting. And it was like, it was very surreal, man. It was That's really awesome. surreal. It was crazy. I can't wait to see this fucking yeah. movie. And you Me guys either. are working together on sunglasses. You guys yeah. are doing a bunch of stuff together. So this yeah. partnership is just extending beyond just the screen now yeah check these out i mean here's the thing about oh class. shit at the same time people can't yeah. handle that what people can't handle at the same time jamie's gonna be Who's doing his race <laughs> <laughs> listen the reality is they're really well-made polarized glasses where yeah. when i wear them the people are like wow where'd you get those and they're affordable which is so crazy i kept Stop. thinking someone had to do this before because it's such a real and simple idea make high grade glasses accessible to everyone so that's just all we're it doing. It doesn't crush your life when you lose them or, or smash them. Thirty know? bucks, yeah, Come thirty dollars, and they look. I mean, like the, if you go up on uh, Jeremy's uh, Instagram when he posts, it looks like he's he's stepping off the biggest Hollywood movie that's in the good. world and it's fly. And, and that's what we want to do. When people want to be able to be able to access this 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 life we lead, that it's a it's a different world. And I've noticed that when you are too ex excessive, and we when you're too excessive with things other than the gold Bugatti that I drive. Uh, it's, uh -oh. you know, what? <laughs> yeah. Is that a midlife crisis mobile? What is yeah, that, course. Jamie? It's Gotti and Gold. <laughs> it's it looks like a Magnum condom. It looks like a Magnum condom. <laughs> oh so I'm just God. driving safe. I'm driving safe. Safety first. Safe. But Jamie, do, what about? Do you want to tell the story how this all started? You well, grabbed yeah, the pair. I told, I told yeah, him. Oh, you told him. Yeah, we talked yeah, about yeah. it a little bit. But but the fact it, that you you've done it, it it makes it cool because like I said, people knowing your persona and it's great to have a person where you know not only his persona on the movies but it translates in his everyday life. I Listen, think the, I, in I, world, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, buddy, really quickly. I did this little test where I put some Tom Fords on and I put all the glasses that I love that I look good on, and they're you know three to five hundred dollars sunglasses, and I threw those on and. The, this particular pair just like beat everything out, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, so the, the proof is in how they look and how they make yeah. you feel. I've got a big bucket head. I've got, a, I'm a Jewish Eastern European bucket head <laughs> motherfucker. So, you know, I need big wide glasses. Otherwise it's not going to go well for me. So I, I found a pair. So we, got, we made it for the Jews. Uh, yeah. For the Jews. Uh, <laughs> and in this world where people are aware like how much things should cost this yeah. idea that you're going to pay 500 600 700 for something that costs 12 
you know, yeah. that's starting to collapse. And I yeah. think companies like this are coming out, whether it's mattresses or sunglasses or something yeah. else, disrupting the market and saying, hey, you can get the same shit. It's going to yeah. protect your eyes. You're going to look cool. And yeah. you don't have to spend a fortune on it and just kind of, you know, take down those old those old systems. Yeah, because no one really wants to throw away that much money. They just become creatures of habit. So once you switch up their reference for it, they'll, don't you, they'll be didn't you Didn't you still wince when you buy like some Louis? You go like, how much was it? 1800 Cool. <laughs> they take your credit card like eighteen <laughs> hundred. And the crazy thing is, they all cost the same to make. Yeah. So the yeah. only difference between us and them is that we don't do this crazy markup. Yeah. That's and, it. And we yeah. took the time to make sure that people like Jeremy Piven or whoever else or Robert Downey Jr. whoever, when they pick it up, they don't feel like it's oh this is flimsy or they didn't. We put the time into it to make it really dope. So yeah. Beautiful. Well. Glad to see you guys working together sure. multiple ways. Yes, we we're going to have to come back and circle around after after the movie comes out and do yeah, a little man. bit of a recap. Uh, hell yeah. A little yeah. Q&A with Texas, yeah. baby. San Antonio, Austin, Grant, where is it? Graham, Graham, Texas, baby. Terrell, Texas, baby. Get, getting shout outs. People often ask me why I started on it. And one of the best answers to that question is it has everything that I fucking love. It has the fitness products that I've loved using for years between the kettlebells, the maces, the clubs, all of these unconventional tools that have history in some cases that extend back a thousand years, but that modern athletes are using. It has the best supplements. Not only have we taken natural ingredients, we've tested them in rigorous clinical trials like Alpha Brain with the Boston Center for Memory. And then it has all of these delicious functional foods and proteins. This is a culmination of all of the tools that I like to use to benefit my life on a daily basis. And I literally use these things on a daily basis. I love this stuff. It's a key part of who I am. And I hope you guys love it as much as I do. Onnit.com slash Aubrey, O-N-N-I-T.com slash Aubrey. You'll save 10% on everything. Enjoy.